0: Welcome to Judgecast. This is Sean Kenanese from Sacramento, California.
1: And Ricky Hayashi, still here in I guess a very dangerous Sacramento. Yeah, we're getting we're getting
0: people uh shooting at, at police, police shooting back. RoboCop. Right. And we have some anonymous voice here that d- refuses to ne- identify himself. I, identify I, I never, yourself. Because because Ricky always starts with the banter and to- <laughs> totally cuts me off. I'm Jose Boveda, level 1 here in Sacramento. Alright. And for those of you uninitiated, this is a podcast about magic and magic judging. Take all sorts of listeners' questions about rules, tournament information, and also there's fair amount of banter, magic, and non magic related. But that's usually for these
1: other guys to talk about, not me. He's he's too serious for for, He keeps it he keeps it on the level. So Jose came in late. You were like late by an hour. And I was like, Jose, what's the score in the game, the basketball game, the NBA Finals? You're like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I was obviously dodging bullets on my way here. It's some sort of high score. I mean, those games are, what, like 10 to 5 or something? Is that? Oh, go watch your World Cup. Let's see here. Uh, We have a whole bunch of listeners' questions today, so we'll talk about those. Um, And a lot of them center around some new tournament organizer-related stuff. Uh, ways that judges have been made TOs or not, and how that all works out. It's been through a lot of flux recently. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about first from the world of Magic as it's going on right now? I mean, there are M11 spoilers coming out all over the place. There are all sorts of other fun, interesting things going on. But
1: Well, I've been all over this today. Brian Kibler mm-hmm. won Grand Prix Sendai last mm-hmm. weekend. Yes, he did. And the he's on his way to Manila. Mm-hmm. Back to back uh Asian Grand Prix. The picture his his winning photograph from the GP. I don't did you guys see this?
0: No, no, nope. I haven't seen okay. it. Okay.
1: Well, we will post it in the show notes. I
0: will post or on the, <laughs> on the Facebook group because we have added a couple photos to the Facebook group now too. Oh God! You mean besides me bending my time walk in an awkward man, time twister in an awkward manner? Well, we actually yeah we have uh, Ricky. It's
1: not even relevant. He added the random picture of me getting punched by the Hulk hands. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Like why? Is I, that I right? thought
0: that was I, I thought that was creative and I like the initiative. Well I had that in my phone and I was uploading it and I was like, Well, you know, some people will see this if I put it up on my own photos, but more people will see it if I put it up on, on the Judge Cast ones, or at least more people that care about magic will. So oh, I'll see. put it up there and
1: You don't friend those people and you're like, I don't want to talk to you magic guys on my account. I don't friend every
0: single and every single listener just because they don't request it, but beyond that, like my aunt in Seattle doesn't care to know that I play magic. Like, she's the one that always comments whenever I put a Facebook update there that's like, drafting, you know, ra- drafting ROE, ROE, ROE. She's like, What is that? What, is, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Are you
1: going to sushi or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how long has you been, have you been saving that one up? That's a new one. I wasn't. Yeah, so anyway, it's. Put this guy on Last Comic Standing, Jose. <sighs> oh, totally.
0: Hey, he's got my post. I'm going to be the guy heckling him from the front row. <laughs> from the front row. And then he's going to say... You'll be the only person what, 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 in the audience. who <laughs> will have to be in the front row. <laughs> I could sit in the back. Be in the you know, dusty corner there. I don't want to have to shout. N- nursing, nursing my Johnny Walker or
1: whatever. Right, right. So Let's Brian see. Kibler, funniest Grand Prix trophy shot ever. I mean, he, in his left hand, he's holding the trophy kind of medium high. And his right hand... It's kind of out in front of him like this. I'm do, I'm showing the guys, but you'll see the photo. And the way they crop it, it looks like he's spanking something. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> what, I, I I look at Brian Kibler normally, and he looks smarmy.
1: <laughs> so yeah. so, I so him imagine. holding him holding the trophy in one hand and then spanking it with the other yeah. is, is even. Uh, yes. I, yeah. I,
0: I, well, that's I, an honorable way to be the second non, non-Japanese player to win a Japanese Grand Prix in 14 years. How dare
1: they? Who was the first? I don't know. <laughs> so they posted this fact and didn't tell. That who That the first to first baseball first? No, they, the they
0: probably posted it. I just didn't read the whole article. Who would it be? I can't think of. 14 years. Go back 14 oh, years. Oh, well, then I wouldn't
1: even know anyone from back yeah. then.
0: Well, yeah, sometime in the last... They're probably saying it since they started yeah. running Japanese Grand Prix right. 14 years ago, so... It could have been, you know, Kai or somebody else, but I don't know who it was. But I don't know if
1: the pros back then really traveled for grand prix. Yeah, because they didn't get appearance fees and that sort of no. thing. Like it was all about the pro tours, and if you could get to them nearby, sure. But there was no pro player club, so right. why go to Japan for a grand prix? Well, to go to Japan, for one. But, yeah, I mean, sure.
0: you're, you're right. You're, you have to save up all this money. What's it cost? $1,500 to get there or something like that? Yeah. Well, right, and then yeah. the, the prize purse is, is from the U.S. Yeah. Right, so points. you break even if you win. Yeah. Which is not right. a huge proposition. but Yeah, but then you get to have your picture spanking all over it. the Internet spanking it.
1: Air quotes. <laughs> 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 all right, moving on. I don't know. So now I'm hoping that he'll, he'll do the back-to-back and win Manila. Uh, Raph Levy, the Hall of Famer, did back-to-back Asian GPs, not in Japan, I guess, a few years back. So maybe this time he'll request another. Because this one, I think, was a complete accident. Like I don't know what, <laughs> what action pose it was in, but somehow it caught his hand in an awkward position. But maybe if he wins another one, he'll be like, well, I need a companion photo and do something else. Well,
0: that'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know if anything beats Brad Nelson's picture. I thought that was totally epic. Ooh, from the Grand, Grand Prix DC, yeah. Well, to describe that picture, uh, it, him in in that's that's a Hulk picture, right? yeah, yes. It's awesome. He worked. It looks he worked like He hard. was just shouting like,
1: ah, yeah, yeah, From
0: from from the rest of his article and like the communications he's put out there, it sounds like he's worked really hard, and mm-hmm. and you know he was getting a little. Uh, dejected with with his performance in the game, yeah. um, so to to have him win, I think it's great. I, I think it's awesome, and I think that's where that pose came from. Yes. Well, and, and you know, he he seems more like an every gamer sort of well, like here's pro. The thing
1: Yeah, he he's consistently said this this year, like leading up to this event, that he needed to have more fun playing. Like mm-hmm. he, he reached kind of this pinnacle of you know top aiding GPS and stuff. And he said he got complacent. You know, he's a big name pro, like he expected to win, etc. And you know, that led to some failures. And he said, I just this tournament I had fun playing Magic. I didn't even care what my record was. Like most other people are like, Oh, I need, you know, two more wins than I can draw into the top eight. He said, I just kept playing until someone told me to stop.
0: Right. That that is just the number that is the thing you take away from that. That's a number one best attitude to have yeah. at a tournament
1: in my opinion yeah well that yeah. tournament you sit down you 17 have 17 rounds of swiss so no I, I hope you have some fun it's today. A, otherwise it's uh, yeah
0: why are you there that's the thing if you're not <laughs> sitting down to play magic for for the fun you know even the money right there, there's a, a fair bit of money there are a lot of players who make a living uh, uh playing the game not really <laughs> some kind not of just play not just playing but that's you know that's true of of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, sports people right
1: yeah it's kind of like baseball used to be where they would play over the summer and then winter they would have real jobs because mm-hmm. they weren't making millions of dollars
0: yeah mm-hmm. and then you'd have a few like you know, Louis Scott Vargas or Babe Ruth that would, you know, <laughs> I like the, I like the comparison well, no, there. That, that would be able to basically live off of the franchise of their personality for the rest of the the non baseball season. Are you right. saying that
1: we have a candy bar? or We can expect a candy bar like LSV bar, the LSV bar. <laughs> what would an LSV flavor? What would his candy bar taste like? What would the flavor be? Peanut butter and success. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Um, well, right. well, I don't know. We could ask him. I Coming, mean, you know, or if you have an idea, don't you, can, don't you have them on your, you know, phone? <laughs> you can phone. send the
1: contest. Send your what of the LSV candy bar flavor be? Actually, I want to
0: see illustrations of the LSV, the packaging of the LSV bar. No, I, I just, I actually, this is going to be the contest for this week's podcast. Um, if you send us your concept and description of The pro we don't want to limit it to just LSV, but the pro and the candy bar. Now it has to be like a a good like tasting. You can't say like I hate this guy, so I'm going to like, you know, like you can't say that the Pat Chapin bar tastes like, you know, licorice and arrogance or something. (laughs) You know. It has to be something that you actually I I don't I don't know if I agree (laughs) with that stipulation. I think that, you know, people go out on a limb, they they say you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna rag on this guy in in the contest you'll you'll go down as a hater but you know okay fine so so okay send us your your concept for a magic candy bar designed to reflect a pro that is the face of the bar the $20 conley woods bar okay i'll i'll let people make their own Okay, I yeah. could be the only one that listens to the
1: <laughs> I know what he's talking about. I just don't want to I don't, dignify. I don't want to go there either. Thank you. Thank okay,
0: you very much. We all love a lot love, of support. We all I love get. Tom and Eminem. I mean,
1: Sean but, over here is ragging on Pat Chapin. Oh uh, interesting. And kidding. now you're ragging on Conley. I'm not ragging on him. Okay. I'm just looking forward to someone submitting in the Brian Kibler bar. <laughs> crossover of the two conversations and then like oh my god i
0: think it might have some moose attached to it too it had like a moose frosting or something <laughs>
1: moose frosting
0: okay so well okay well, that's enough banter then let's so get so is on that to an play. official contest that's the official contest I in like fact it. you know what i found earlier today i found this store that is a totally neglected store here in sacramento that sells magic cards but they only have they have like oh. five literally like five singles in the case and did you buy them out? <laughs> no, <'cause they're>, they <laughs> just were, roll in there. <laughs> were, say I'll take them all and drop a five. <laughs> they're, they're totally way overpriced. They're like what were they, they? they had a Frexian arena in there for like ten bucks. What? And, I mean, all, that's I mean, in one of those box sets, right? No, they've they've got. I mean, it was it, it, the the most recent set they have is like eighth edition. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding, but I did find there. Um, that they had an almost unopened box of nemesis.
1: Ooh.
0: (laughs) That was a, ooh, from Jose and a, uh, from Ricky at the same time. Can we do that again? One, two,
1: three.
0: Ooh. Okay. So, uh, nemesis packs, um, and the guy was like, well, I don't, I'm never going to sell these things. So he quoted me a really good deal on them. And I told him that I'd think like about $20? it. $20 <laughs> what? Uh, he was like, well, you know, I paid like, you know, probably the retail for this box is probably like 80 bucks. So let's say, you know, let's say two fifty a pack. <laughs> it's like, that's kind no. of a lot because there's <laughs> a lot of packs. Um, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. But, you know, for a really good description of a pro candy bar, I'm willing to pay 750 So I will go buy three packs of Nemesis and send them to you. That's that's kind of cool. But by the time the other contest winners get their packs, the Shards of Alara Block okay, will be about know, that old. You know, okay. We're done with that. Um, <laughs> did, did, did you did you send them? <laughs> you didn't, didn't you? <laughs> You did. Wait. We have another one. Was there somewhere. a holiday? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went to the post office and it was like secretary's day. <laughs> I swear. Postal gonna, worker day. I'm going I'm going
0: to go postal in the second year, <laughs> guys. Okay? You don't have a gun. No, okay. I'll I'll find a way to get these out. Really I do I have those or you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Be you know, why don't I hand them out to Jose? And Jose can deal with sending them. Yeah, I okay. told you I would. Okay, <laughs> okay fantastic. I'll, I'll hand them off to you. It'll be your, your responsibility. Worry not, dear <laughs> listeners. I will get to a post office. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of emails from listeners here. Let's just get straight into them then. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> Move on to the mail time.
0: Okay, fantastic. So Brian writes, first-time listener, first-time caller. I'm new to the game, and I wish we had a phone number. And new to the concept of email too, apparently, Um, because you're writing us. But that's fine. Well, Um, it's it's what you do with a radio station. You call in. mm -hmm. I think that's pretty normal. First time, so he well, and Ricky said he wanted first time callers. It's okay, Brian. Where's Brian from? Uh, He doesn't say. Oh, he's he's from South Africa. Okay. Well, I'm. He's going to be. He's going to be attending the World Cup.
1: Can Sean do a no, South I, African accent? I can't even do a just, good... Just think Charlize Theron. You'll be okay. She's South African. Oh. <laughs> the only... All I can think of <clears throat> is, like, Lethal Weapon. Like, one or two of the South African villain.
0: Oh, oh that's right. I was, I was like, right. Charlize isn't in those. Okay, well, I've just revoked this banter, so... Okay. Let's go on to this Bre- here. Brian from <laughs> South Africa, He's writes, new to the game, and he was recently in a tournament, and he got a warning for a game rule violation... After he cast Wall of Omens with two blue mana instead of a blue and a white. It was the first warning he'd ever received. Dun, dun, dun. He, he understands that warnings can be upgraded if you keep making mistakes, but I hear that there are there are different upgrade paths. I've heard three warnings become a game loss, and I've heard your second warning becomes a game loss, which is correct. Are the paths distinct? Or can you cross the streams and mix between the two? You never cross <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> no, I'm so no happy. Did actor. he really
1: write that? <laughs> yes, he
0: did. You can never cross the streams. New Don't, favorite a, list. Except ever when you
1: want to defeat the final boss. <laughs> right. Apparently. That's the only time. Because in the Ghostbusters video, the computer game, they do the same thing again. <laughs> right. So Brian wants to know what sorts of infractions
0: are going to get him a warning, warning, then a game loss, and what sorts of infractions are going to get him warning and then game loss. It's had this
1: mass sense of deja vu like we've done this before. We did, and we screwed it up royally. So we're trying it again here. And Sean actually rewound and
0: deleted stuff.
1: That, yeah, that, I actually was, did was, cut a
0: part out here. That was pretty awesome. But I did I did kind of get it right. Sort of. So get it right again here. Let's, uh, okay, let's, well, let's try it again. Uh, specifically at regular REL, mm-hmm. if you were to, say, draw four cards off of Jace, that would be uh, using using Jace's Brainstorm ability, right? Using Gase's Brainstorm ability. <laughs> if, you draw, if you draw four cards off of his Fate Seal, that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, but that would actually be a game rule violation. That would be a game rule violation, a very <laughs> awkward one with a really, really bad discussion from a judge. But, okay, so game rule violation for that, but... Drawing four cards when Jace tells you to draw three. Right. Drawing extra extra cards. Which Uh. is a game loss at competitive REL. Right. And at regular rules enforcement level right now, it's a warning. Right. Okay. And then... Don't get used to it. Right. Because we're going to have a new update to the uh, MIPG coming up uh, in, what, a couple weeks here? I've heard next week. Okay. So um, Mm -hmm. that may change. Um, But... So that you have that with a warning the first time, and then the next time you do it, it would be upgraded to a game loss. Right. Okay. So some kinds of warnings, I think you cut that warning. some kinds of infractions will get you a warning the first time, and game loss the second time. Game rule violations happen all the time. They, these are like mistriggers triggers, uh, just whenever you mess up at Magic and go, oh, let me redo that. Well, a missed is actually a different, it's a gameplay error. The class of infraction gameplay error is GPE. Right. That's what gets upgraded along this alternate path. Of okay. Warning, warning, game loss. So gameplay errors as a class of infraction. Game rule violation is a specific infraction within that class. Um, Mistrigger is another specific infraction within that class. Okay. So um, so yeah, you have mistriggers, you have game rule violations. So gameplay yeah. errors are what give are, you that alternate right. path. Right. You have that alternate path of an extra warning before we start giving the game loss, the match loss, etc. Yeah, strike one, strike two, strike three. Right. Now, uh, it's also important to note that if you commit two game rule violations at the same time with the same root cause, we're not giving you two penalties for that, not two warnings for that. If it's got the same root cause, we just give you one of those. Or if it's a game rule violation and a missed trigger that have the same root cause that happen at the same time, we'll give you whichever's the most severe of that. Okay. So that's something to, to keep in mind. So, anything to
1: add there, Ricky? Absolutely. Go for it. Don't worry about it. I mean, we, we went through all this and explained stuff great, but they're just warnings. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's not
0: like we're going to send ninjas to your house.
1: Or are we? I don't even, like, does Brian think that these are going to follow him forever? Like, these, everything resets in each event. That's so true. If but if the if you keep if doing the same thing like most
0: everything. If, he's if you get DQ go another
1: it, FNM and like suddenly get a game loss cuz you did the same thing, that's not going to happen. That's well, that's a good not. point. At your PTQs or FNM's, the DCI ain't going to come hunting you down. It's probably just going to be your local judge like Sean or me saying, "Hey, we noticed you keep doing this. Stop." Hey, yeah. You know I'm 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 a local judge. Well, when's the last PTQ you did? That was a while ago. Yeah, he, he, he that's
0: yeah, not not too long ago. Not not too long ago. Within a year. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Or Jose. Yeah. Or Jose. I was Jose. totally
0: left. I understand. <laughs> it's you two and then me. It's okay, I can do this all guy. Okay, well let's um Don't uh,
1: worry about it. <clears throat> That's actually, my message.
0: Let's let's get to the you two question here. And this question comes from uh Sean here in Sacramento. And we call him Japan Sean because he spent some time in Japan in the military, um, and he's now over here. We have like four or five Shans in, oh, yeah. in the local right. store here, and so, we call you
1: Sea Cat now.
0: <sighs> actually, actually, they call me Judge Sean here. Um, so between actually, it was funny at a two-headed giant uh, limited event uh, FNM uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Japan Sean and myself, Judge Sean, were on the same team, and they said, "Oh, like." Together, you're like Ricky Sean because you're Japan Sean and Judge Sean and.
1: Like, wow, Ricky, that's terrible. Yeah. That was
0: pretty bad. Was that your team name? <sighs> no. You know, in Two Headed Giant, I had a very successful uh, teammate named Rob. And mm-hmm. uh, he was a, a, a stout, uh, happy fellow with a, a beard. He wasn't really happy, he was very dour, but very lovable. Anyway, he, he also had a beard. So uh, we were known as the Bearded Men.
1: Nice. Interesting. Okay. The fact that you think only two of you and you can match me is very... No, I said we were kind of like. I didn't say we were the same as. I mean, it'd probably take at least three or four Shans
0: of different kinds. Okay, well,
1: maybe we can get an Arch Enemy
0: game going against you sometime soon. Sure. That would
1: be I epic. All, I'm all about it. Ricky
0: arch the Arch Enemy versus the Shans? Well, he already puts schemes in motion all the time,
1: so this is not going to be anything new for him. He's probably already mastered it. I don't. I have not even looked at the rules. I have not seen a single scheme card. No, this is all true. It will come naturally to you, though. Yeah, yes, the taunting <laughs> will. Like whatever the scheme card, I'll flip it over, like read it for the first time, just be like. Ha, 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 ha. That's right. They do no, have. No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die. You know
0: they all have names like that that are they, so great to read. They like, should make blank ones that we could use too. Where you could you just like, make up your own. Well, well, actually, your yeah, own. you take the ones because you know they have duplicate duplicate schemes in some of the decks. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just take one of the duplicates and you know wipe that off somehow or modify it to, to suit your needs, I guess. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like doing alternate art cards. Uh, <laughs> you can just do alternate, alternate, art alternate art schemes, schemes. <laughs> make it so. Okay, well, Japan Sean here um, has a question about pattern of rebirth and all is dust. Uh, he has a creature, and he's going to say Madras Cyclops, just because what? he just because he needs a creature with some color in its mana cost. And good uh, choice, Madras Cyclops is. Okay, so he's got Adam Shaw enchanted with the Pattern of Rebirth. Okay, Pattern of Rebirth um, is an enchantment, uh, Nara, that's attached to a creature, and it says uh, when this creature is put into the graveyard um, mm-hmm. from play. From play, you get from to, the battlefield, from the battle, whatever. The, the creature dies, you go get another creature and put it in play.
1: Oh, I remember so, this. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: It's like the, the bad natural order, exactly. Because you, you don't get to kill the creature then and there, you've got to wait for it to die. But I, there
1: was a kind of fringe, but you
0: can get any creature, not just the green creature. That's,
1: that's true. But there was a fringe competitive deck where I think you put like pattern of rebirth on your birds of paradise after it is made mana. Mm-hmm. And you have a an Nantuko husk in play, and then you combo off. You sack the birds, and then go get I think it's like symbiotic worm mm-hmm. that you can then sack to get a bunch of saplings when it dies, mm-hmm. and, then and then chain them off and like attack for twenty with the yeah, husk.
0: that would be nine sacks plus the two from Nantuko husk. Well, that sounds pretty good. <clears throat> so, um, pattern rebirth and on the Madras Cyclops, and his opponent casts. All is dust. Now he wants to know: Does he get to use pattern of rebirths triggered ability? Um, and he thinks he probably doesn't because they're both going to the graveyard at the same time. But he wanted to make sure. He's still
1: reading the comp rules, and he hasn't gotten to this part yet. So, well, there's his first mistake: is <laughs> <laughs> reading the comp rules and trying to get to a certain part.
0: chronologically speaking the comp rules again they're meant to be a reference so if you're going to read them start to finish i mean you've got a lot of free time on your hands go for it but um i'd really suggest
1: you use it as a reference yeah like an encyclopedia you don't read your encyclopedia you have something you want to find and you go to that section right you don't (laughs) okay in okay. Which volume are you on?
0: Like, Wikipedia has always this interesting uh, article on the front page. Well, I think we've always been – all of us have been somewhere like 10 clicks deep into Wikipedia trying to figure out, you know,
1: oh, all about the Spanish Inquisition. And then, you know, yeah, like all of us start – you start with Mandy Moore and end up at the Spanish Inquisition. Like, how did I get here?
0: Oh, that's obvious. a very that, – that's a – Pretty like quick degrees, path to a very dark of
1: place. Kind of on Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wonder I, that that would be funny to find the shortest path between two disparate right topics on Wikipedia.
1: Okay, well, I'm sure it wouldn't be that. Let's hard. go
0: back to Sean's question here. On he wants to know: Does he get to use Pattern of Rebirth's trigger if he's putting the creature and the enchantment in the graveyard at the same time? Sure, why not? Of course. Okay, fantastic. A horse. Well, I shouldn't have answered that because uh, he he puts there at the bottom. You two are awesome. That's right, and he's talking about you and me, Jose. Lies. He's talking about Ricky and you. I understand. I'm. I I'm he was talking about me and you and and Ricky, Ricky yeah. and Ricky. Well, that that also makes sense. So. Um, Sean, whichever two of us you meant, the other one's offended. <laughs> you can now, now we're all no longer, over it. <laughs> you can no longer write in unless you say you know, you appease the other one. That's right. Next time you have to say all four of you are terrific.
1: <laughs> well,
0: by then we may have four. Who knows? Always bring in a couple others. Um Okay, so why can he use why why when two things die at the same time? What's the rule, or how does that how does that work that lets you do both things? I mean, the the common example that I'm thinking of here is Death Greeter with multiple creatures on the battlefield, and somebody plays Day of Judgment. Death Greeter. Death Greeter says, "Whenever a creature is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may have target player lose one life."
1: Oh, it's the reverse essence. No,
0: it's it's not. Oh, it's not an optional charge. No, you gain life. Oh, so you oh, gain like, life? Yes. Horrible. He greets death with a smile and a handshake. Okay, fine. He's a lot, he's a Is lot less Is that the
1: flavor text?
0: <laughs> no, but that would be cool, right? Right. Okay, he's a lot less good than I thought. So anyway, you gain life when things die. But if, somebody, if you have multiple creatures on the battlefield and somebody casts Day of Judgment, all those creatures go to the graveyard at once and you get a trigger for each of them. Now, there's actually a specific rule that's, that's letting you do this. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to make me look it up too? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, we, I can, we know I there's a specific it. rule, but I don't know the number, you know, off the top of my head in the comp rules. Well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to bring it up here because I've Seems looked it like up to it answer should Sean. Be but. in
1: the 700s.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> now it is in it the up, 700s. You sound, you sound omniscient. If well, it's not in the 700s, Sean will cut it out.
1: While he's looking that up. Uh, no I've got it, I've you... got it right
0: here. Uh, the rule is and that's what that's how you use the comp rules as a reference is that you, you use the you, you find start that, at though? Mandy Moore and then <laughs> because I, I'm looking looking for the quote, look back in time, because I remember that's one of the word one of the okay, series what, of words in
1: there. What if someone <laughs> doesn't know <laughs> to look for? Look back in time because for some reason not the Doc never Brown. ending
0: story song is in my head now.
1: Well there are other There's ways to it, basically you just yeah, have to have to use your, your
0: – just have to use your Google skills here. You're the same skills that you'd use if you needed to find some random thing in Wikipedia or anywhere else. It's just think of the the phrases that you're used to hearing, or um, the for glossaries. Useful. The glossary is a great place to go. Exactly. Okay. Or you can start with triggered abilities and cycle through all these triggered abilities like I do. And no, don't do that. Again. Actually, that's go the, with Sean. That's the section that it's in. It's in the section on triggered abilities. Well, I know What's it's the number. In the it's six hundred three. That's so close. It's six oh three point six d. Hey, yes, because the seven hundreds are like individual wait, ability explanations. Yeah. I think, ah. like that's where you would look up suspend and and you know all those uh, weird keyword abilities. You but know, the six hundred is U. all U.S. the Shiffrin juicy stuff. Would have stuff.
1: known the exact number. Yeah. yeah,
0: he would have. He would have been able to get it right away.
1: Well, you know, if so. this
0: was if this was a question about advanced Dungeons and Dragons, I can tell you the page number. <laughs> Okay, well, Rule 603.6-D is what he's looking for. Um, And the reason is that normally objects that exist immediately after an event are checked to see if the event that happened matched any trigger conditions. So That's not the rule? However, some triggered abilities must be treated specially because the object with the ability may no longer be on the battlefield, may have moved to hand or library, or maybe not controlled by the appropriate player, so the game has to look back in time to determine if these abilities trigger. So things like leave the leave the battlefield abilities, abilities that trigger when something phases out, um, triggering when an object that all players can see is put into a hand or a library, or they you know when they become unattached. All sorts of other things that can happen to an object. The game will use the trigger based on their existence and the appearance of objects prior to the event rather than afterward. It's using, it's using the way the battlefield looked before the event to determine what should have triggered. So, um, Sean, that's, that's the answer to the question. It's kind of convoluted, but hopefully you got something out of it.
1: Well done. You too.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's move on here. Um, we have a question from Evan in San Diego. Um, and Evan actually had two questions for us. He wanted near to, here? Well, he, he wanted to know, um, he's actually coming up up to Northern California for his 10-year high school reunion and oh, wanted yeah. to know if he could hang out at one of our FNMs and maybe contribute as a
1: guest judge, sort of. That's hey, what short. you want to do at your 10-year reunion.
0: Well, and then he also I, he also said, you know, if there's a, anything else happening, let me know. That weekend, there's a PTQ in Santa Clara. So I, I told him to get in touch with Conan. So hopefully we can get the him. <clears throat> right. Our, our tournament organizer up here for our PTQs. Um, so hopefully we can get him some experience. Um, Evan asks also, in addition to this whole judging thing. Come hang um, out, Evan. We yeah, to have absolutely. You. Um, he also asks about Sunforger and Split Cards. So Sunforger is the uh, equipment uh, from Ravnica block that lets you uh, search your library for a white or red instant with converted mana cost four or less and cast it without paying its mana cost. Um, One of the costs is also unattaching Sunforger and paying some mana. So he wants to know if he searches for odds slash ends, the split card odds and ends. And I, I always liked how they did that with the split cards like boom and bust, odds and ends, you know, wax and wane, all sorts of fun, good, complimentary, night and day. Loved all those. That, that's not a, a coincidence. I'm, I know it's not, yeah. but <laughs> I really liked it. They, they can't. They, Sean they, is easily amused. No, no, I, I think it's cool too. Illusion and reality. That's the one everyone forgets. Has mm-hmm. it sucked. It totally sucked. <laughs> Hide and seek is my favorite, though. If he searches for odds and ends, can he cast the ends haft? even though it costs more than four mana? Or can he only cost odds? Or, for instance, if he searches for trial and error, can I cast error, even though it's not a red or white instant? Or can he only cast trial? So he thinks he has the right answer to this, but he wanted to let it ask us the question because he wasn't sure. So he thinks that it's okay because the restriction's only for searching, and he could cast either half of the split cards.
1: So what do we think? Oh come on! Why are you pointing at me? Because I always answer him first.
0: And well, he just folds cranes.
1: Well, what am I supposed to do? Like scratch my head and be like, "Oh, this one, never heard this one before." Right.
0: <laughs> like basically, if you've judged any time in the past, you know, five years since or so. Since Ravnica. Right. Since Ravnica, if you've been in judge from Ravnica through Time Spiral block, you kind of well, I get lived this through question. the first
1: split call. i. Oh, all the way back invasion in the block. Invasion block, right, right, right. You were judging an invasion block? I was playing. Oh, okay. And I was kind of. They didn't have rules advisors, but I was the, the rules guy in the store. Well, but I think you, I became a judge like two years later.
0: But you, did you have questions like this about searching for them?
1: Um,
0: I don't remember what the interactions were. Yeah, but the interaction here really came up with Sunforger. A lot of people started using split cards with this and. Wanted to to know. Well, the, how that I
1: think the first time that it really came up in terms of like either half because there was erratic explosion, right? Which is the dark confidant
0: type question. Oh, right, right. Where it has to say how much damage am I dealing? Yeah. With you have to do you know, X and Y. Yeah. And that, that's a. Yeah. But I
1: think the first time this really came up in competitive play with split cards was Isocron Sector.
0: When that's that another deck, good
1: example. When that deck became popular. The ideal play is to get your Orm's Chan on there and lock them out, but a lot of times it was correct to get a Fire Ice on there. Right. Draw some cards. Yeah, or kill some creatures. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that case, it doesn't matter because they're both... Instants, and
0: they both cost less than two. But... They both cost two. But um, Odds and Ends is a great example because one half of it costs less than two. um, Or two or two, that's right, and I'm actually going to have to look up a split card here because I need to get a good example where I can use the mana cost here. Odds costs a blue and a red, and it's an instant, and ends costs three a white and a red, and it's an instant also. So, to get back to Evan's question here, when Sunforger is looking for a card, it's looking for something that is either red or white, and has a converted mana cost of four. So when somebody's searching, when you're searching your library for a card that meets all these conditions, you find a card, basically the the game asks the card a series of questions, one for each condition. Are you an instant? Yes or no? Are you converted mana cost four or less? Yes or no? Are you red? Yes or no? Are you white? Yes or no? If the answer to those three questions is yes, then that's the card can be searched for, found as, as a result of that search. Um, what we're looking at here is that when something says, you know, when it, when it says odds, yes, is a mana, is an instant, okay? Um, in fact, both halves of this card are an instant. Right? Um,
1: are any of them instant sorceries?
0: No, they, they did it on purpose. They tried to keep the, the two yeah. the same. Yeah, otherwise... It would
1: confuse people even more.
0: To- totally. and it's, a g- it's like bad confusion, right? They yeah, talk yeah. about like complexity in the game it's is not worth good, it. but some of it is bad mm-hmm. when it's not worth it, when it doesn't add. So Sunforger says, are you an instant odds or ends? You say, well, yes, it is an instant. Yes slash yes. Exactly. It answers both halves of the card answer the question, and only one of them has to answer yes for the card to be searchable. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Odds says yes, and says yes. I'm an instant. I'm an instant. Now, when you get to the question of converted mana cost, N says no. I'm not. So you get not a yes four or less. slash no. Right, but odds is so yeah, yes slash no.
1: That's fine. You can still get the card. Now, once you've got the card, is there some kind of programming language term for this, where all you're looking for is a positive, and you can just throw out the negative?
0: Uh, well, it's like three nested if functions, but you 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 only need one. Well, I'm, I'm thinking in Excel logic now, not in,
1: not in actual programming language.
0: I, I hate nesting ifs. Use, <laughs> use functional programming
1: if you want to. Do I okay. do, however, love nest invaders. That's true. Yes.
0: Cute little green guys come with a mana baby. Okay. Stop calling a mana baby. <laughs> That's so creepy. Sacrificing children <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> okay, so you, you find the odds and ends. You can find the card because it says yes to each of those three conditions. You know, Red and white. Instant mana cost four or less it says one of the halves says yes to each of those conditions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be the same half saying yes either. You know, um, he wants to know if he can cast it. Yes, you can cast either half. Why? Because it just says you can cast it. You can cast the card. It doesn't say you can only cast the card the half of the card that says yes. You you just you, you choose which half okay. of the card you're casting when you cast it. It's cleverly worded to kind of lead you in that direction. However, no, you can cast either one. Right and that's true is basically if any searching condition is telling you to find a card with these qualities and the card that you're finding is a split card and half of it, at least half of it can answer each of the questions each time you're asking it positively, then you can find it and you can cast either half. If it's in the case of here, you can cast either half. So with this also, um, if you had, what is it? Research and development, one of my personal favorites right. Um, I need to look that up now too to get the get to what it actually does but I think that's one that, where it actually would break some of these rules that you'd actually you would expect it to but I, I had a deck with uh, research and development where you know not sideboard rules, casual rules. Uh, I was able to cast every spell in my collection. <laughs> I would have all of it. I would just bring out binders, open them up, say I'll play these. Still have all these. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these. Way before cool. Don't need that guy. Oh, Research and Development. This is a great example. Um, so Research and Development, if you have this in your deck and you unattach Sunforger, um, half of it is an instant that costs a green and a blue, and the other half is an instant that costs three, a blue, and a red. Sunforger can find this card. Which is not very intuitive because... Right. Neither one fits all three requirements. Exactly. Research is an instant that costs, well, both cards are an instant, so they yeah. say yes, yes for that. Research says, well, I'm not red or white, but development says, yes, I am. And research says, well, I cost less than four. Development says, no, I don't. But you can still find it with Sunforger. So that's, that's an example there where, where you have the disparate yes-no action going on.
1: That's, that's, that's a good that's find. It's crazy. It's like trying to figure out who's Bruce Banner and who's the Incredible Hulk.
0: That picture even looks like it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> the there's should... Mo Vig sitting there thinking about things, and then okay, he shows up and there's a, the Hulk that, behind him. Fire mm. Hulk. All right. Let's move on to our next question here. Man, that was a lot—a lot of talking over uh, one question. I don't know. Let's well, let's go on to the next one here. Um, let's see. So that was Evan. Didn't he have two questions? Yep. Well, he did, but we—one was just about coming up for Evan and that sort of thing. Oh,
1: so, oh yeah. So ho- hopefully, you guys get to meet him in person. Hmm. I'll be gone by then. Actually, July twenty fourth, I'll be in Canada. A. Hey. Oh, at Canadian nationals. Right, so.
0: hanging out with your sister, right? No, she's going to be back in Chicago, probably, or probably on our honeymoon or something. I don't know where she's going from. Anymore. She's going to be playing Magic. <laughs> she's not likely <laughs> never played in her life. not going to start now. I'm pretty sure I taught my sister how to play Magic. She hates me still. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick in Georgia says, hi, guys. Hi, Nick. I, hi, Nick. I have a question regarding tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm a new TO, and I've just been bumped up by the new policy to advanced level. Problem is, he doesn't have an organizer software, he doesn't have a store, he runs his events out of a coffee shop. And he only runs an occasional draft from an established store. So he doesn't know how to run constructed f game days, drafts, etc. What can he do outside of a store, and how does he report these events without Reporter?
1: I have no idea. This is why I'd, I did not like this change. Because I think a lot of people who didn't earn it got bumped up. Mm,
0: that's true. And if, and if you that. don't
1: earn it, you you know you don't know what you're
0: doing. Well, I think also a lot of people that didn't earn it in those in the, in that sense probably won't be using much of it either.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think that the people that were really wanting to be advanced tos that had worked for it though, um, you know, yeah, they were working along the line anyway, probably. Um, so they hadn't been bumped up yet. They probably would have gotten there eventually. I think yes. I'm one, I'm one uh, of those people uh, where I probably would have been an advanced TO pretty quickly. You, you and obviously one, are an advanced TO because you were able to do all that stuff with uh, the WPN while I failed repeatedly. Well, that yeah,
1: that worked pretty well. Um, and I'm one of the former. I got bumped up to advanced, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's pretty awesome
0: to be an advanced organizer because you get a lot – more options here in order to develop the game in your local area like i mean stores now can run two F&Ms a week both on friday they can run a standard in a draft if they want or a standard and a two-headed giant or whatever they feel like doing whatever the yeah, players want they can do a serious you know? one in a more casual Great. format as well yeah and so the reason that that sounds like that nick here got bumped up is because he's affiliated with an established store so that was something that if you're affiliated with a store as a judge um, recently, you got bumped up to whatever that store's TO level was. Yeah, but in his email, he says uh, he doesn't have a store. Right. So well, he, he 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 says he occasionally runs a draft at an established store. Yeah, and
1: that's you, all it
0: takes. Right. If you've run a run a couple events at a store, they're on your venue list. Right. Um, with the WPN, and you got associated with whatever level that store has. Right. So in other words, he has a store, but he doesn't think he does. Kind of, yeah, um, and so in order, he I actually spoke with him privately here and got him uh, to find where the terminal organizer software was. Wizards Reporter. He downloaded that, and he'll you know be, be ready to roll with that on his own. So you easily. asked the right guy, Nick, because uh, I yeah. wouldn't have known these
1: <laughs> us two guys. Yeah, uh, uh, we're the two
0: guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but so Nick has the software now. Hopefully, he'll be better off for it, but. Uh, this question isn't so much that we can answer it now for Nick because we've answered it for him privately here, but so that other people there out there that have been bumped up in their TO status know where to go to get it. Right. You, know, you go to the Wizards Play Network through the DCI's Personal Information Center. So the same place you'd log on to um, check on your, your rating or check on you know, whether or not an event that you played on had been reported yet. If you're an organizer at any level, you should have uh, on the right side of your screen, about midway down, um, a little button there that says "Downloads." Should be right
1: under you know my play statistics. I was really way. hoping he was going to say an easy button because <laughs> that's what these websites need. The, the Watsy websites can sometimes be labyrinths.
0: Yeah, they can. No, it, it's true. They've so, they've made strides with their homepage to make it more like you know Web two e and, mm-hmm. and accessible, which is great. But every time I go to magicthegathering.com, I get that thing and I got to click, you know, three times to get to the Daily oh, MTG. You will just go to dailymtg.com and it'll, it'll take you right there.
1: Yeah, Jose. I have not looked at the spinning planets in like over a Dear here. God, you know how many
0: times <laughs> I've looked at those spinning planets? <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Dailymtg.com.
1: Just before I it, That's the, 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 God. The, the,
0: the mothership is not magicthegathering.com. The mothership is dailymtg.com. Oh my God, Jose! <laughs> How many wasted hours? Oh my God! Okay, head <laughs> yeah. desk, head desk. Oh, okay, the planets. Wow, that's 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 an amazing moment there. That's um, what you get, Sean. Thank you for sharing that with us, Nick. That was your question. Has elicited it was all it. worth it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next question here from uh, C.J. Schrader. I feel a strange sense of freedom. Actually, CJ had a similar question. Um, what CJ wrote in? CJ, yeah, and he, well, he wanted to clarify for us that his name is pronounced siege steak. So you were correct, Ricky, and I was wrong. It's not CJ steak. It's or cheese steak. It's
1: it's Sie- <laughs> He mentioned that siege steak. <laughs> He's like, I think he just said cheese steak. <laughs>
0: So, uh, what is it, siege stake? Yeah, siege stake. Anyways, uh, CJ also wants to know that, um, now he wants to clarify that it's not all judges that become organizers now, the way that they were setting it up before, mm-hmm. where as soon as you become a certified judge, you become an organizer and they just bump you up and set you all up. Uh, it's not that simple anymore. They actually, actually it's never to, that simple. Well, they want to make sure that you you actually want to be a TO and not just a judge. I think oh, that's, so you that's have to the, take that five question quiz? No, no. I think are, we, are you alive? <laughs> do, do you, you have, have a pulse? pulse? <laughs> yes. No. It's uh, it's a much you know the process is yes. You will actually need to contact the WPN and say yes, I really do want to be an organizer and go through that process with them. Um, you should also be affiliated with a store. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, and I realized that for a lot of the more casual groups out there that were organizers, wanted to sort of get things going at a grassroots level without the help of a store or without having to go through somebody yeah, with a This kind of defeats the purpose of what the WPAN was starting to do. Well, it doesn't, doesn't mean it? that you can't be an organizer without it, it just means that it's more difficult. I mean, at least the, the option is still there. It's not just, just not
1: as well-supported as it used to be. That was one had, of the big selling points. Like you can run events in the library.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I, that, was, that was how they sold it. They also have to crack down on fraud, though. That's you know, true. If you can, if you can you just be a T.O.
1: What's that? The guy, the, the one was of time. the... <laughs> that was not me. The whole Alabama fraud case.
0: We mentioned it. What's more what, you have more information about it? Uh,
1: I read somewhere, I think on Mana Nation mm-hmm. that they one of them had settled or something. Oh wow. For a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well the, I think that's also probably taking into account not just the, the street value of whatever it was that they were selling, but it's also the reputational damage that that does to wizards where people are you know, you're associating the name with fraudulent activity where people are showing up and spending time trying to get to a tournament and it doesn't exist or they're, you know, being having negative associations with the magic brand. So that, right. that makes sense.
1: Let that be a lesson to all of you. If you have fake FNMs and you're just selling your cloud posts <laughs> <laughs> or blood braids, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> blood
0: braids more like it, but Jesus. God,
1: so the one Friday night magic I win this year was cloud post. month. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh, Not Blood Break Month. Like, fantastic. Not Elvish
0: Visionary Month, which is really nice art. I think it's She's cool, but she has elf. claws. What is she clawing at? She um, also has visions? cleavage. Oh, well, yeah. But, so I think know. that's... We all, we all know elves get artificial breasts. Yeah. They, they get their breasts done. I just We knew that since Elvish Ranger. What I don't understand is why Miri... Only has two breasts because she's a cat and they've got six. and I Oh, don't get come it. on. John. She's a cat person. We don't know. Okay, anyway, we're done like,
1: with that. Don't get into the whole fantasy no, I'm anatomy not, thing. No, that's just weird. Okay.
0: You, you ever thought that her and Jetted? No, okay, no! Okay, okay, no. okay. <laughs> Out in the forest somewhere. Okay, Enough. no, we're, we're done Back with Back to CJ. <laughs> No, we're done with CJ, too.
1: We're we're moving on.
0: We're moving on. (laughs) Well, sorry it was
1: so short, CJ.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the email, though. Yes, thanks for clarifying. Um, See you in another letter chain online. (laughs) Mike in Tucson uh, actually has a revision, a possible revision for something that we said in an earlier episode we don't make mistakes on no way, he, he's actually just asking not not a at all. <laughs> especially not this episode <laughs> uh, so, uh, well I it think. does reinforce the fact that we have no idea what's going on until sean sits down and he has he has you, the have, emails. you both if, have you both have access to the email account you both have. You both I when I checked questions. it, there were there were like two questions that were already answered by you guys. Well, and whether I'm or not like, they've oh, been okay, answered, I mean, you can still you look too. at them because you're going to discuss. You too. Them. You're still going to discuss them in the, the when we actually record here. So look them up. But Mike has a question uh, where he wants to know about the scenario in one of our last episodes where we um, talked about two guys that are using the same sleeves. Yeah. And they accidentally switch their decks when they're presenting. Right and draw from the wrong deck. Now, he says, well, wouldn't it be a deck error, deck deck list mismatch? What? Because it's, he, he takes a, a quote from the IPG saying, or whose decks do not otherwise match their deck lists. Because it's as though I, my deck is this one here, and I'm, you know. I, I, but that's not your deck. Right, but their deck list doesn't match the deck they're drawing from. Yes, but they do not own the cards. Right. <laughs> they don't, they <laughs> I don't own the deck. The deck becomes your library, and if you're not the owner of the deck, I guess. You know. Yeah, I think the worst you can do here is looking at extra cards. I think, generally speaking, it's just the guys, don't do that. Fix that.
1: But, uh, so the problem with this thinking is he's not examining the root cause. Mm-hmm. Like, technically, you've drawn cards, you know, from something that's not your library, so it doesn't match your deck list. But the root cause is, hey, like, we accidentally switched decks. Yeah, absolutely. That's, so, look at that as the fix. And also, I think there's there's and That another... would be a pretty sneaky way to try to, like, game-loss your opponent, like, slide your deck over. <laughs> like, oh, like, you're playing with the wrong deck! Right, like, I haven't drawn my hand yet.
0: Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, no, that's, no, 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 no. no that's I'm, I'm
1: going to try that next time. And you will be committing fraud, sir just need to make sure I'm playing with, the, with sleeves that will match a majority of the players in the Changeling match. sleeves. Odo Ooh. sleeves. <laughs> Odo <laughs> sleeves. Very nice. Someone's <laughs> been watching too much Deep Space Nine.
0: So let's go on to what we have here is our, our last question from a listener. And, well, actually, it's kind of fun because this comes from Steve in Connecticut. Okay. And Steve says, first off, well, actually, he says it last, but we'll mention it first here. He plays at the same store as Adam Shaw,
1: which is The Grid in Manchester, Connecticut. Right. So. I actually asked him about this today. I'm like, so do you know Steve? And at first, he's like, No. Like, but he says he knows you. Like, he says he plays at your store. It's like, oh, that guy. He says he plays at his store. He yeah. doesn't say he knows him. He's
0: not like, yeah. No, but you know, Adam's Adam, my Adam's my favorite guy. Adam no, actually, like, when
1: I gave him some more details, he did know who this was, and it's because this guy is one of the guys in the Thundercats, who was the um, oh, the, the barbershop, the barbershop quartet. quartet that was at oh, San Diego. Awesome, oh, so, awesome. so we have
0: a barbershop quartet member. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're honored to answer your question. Those were some awesome times down in San Diego.
1: Yes. And in tribute, we will not sing. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't going to sing anyway, but now we're really not going to sing. I
0: concur. Okay. So Steve thinks he's going crazy. He's known the answer to this for years. He's in a barbershop quartet. But he was. uh, That's not crazy. But he was just teaching someone how to play, and they were so confused. That it made him question whether he's right or not.
1: I've had that happen. <laughs> okay,
0: now this question is actually an a, 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 an existential question in magic, and that is, what? where does a sorcery or instant card go when you play it, and when does it go there?
1: Ah, it goes to the stack.
0: No, well, this, this is a valid a, question, right? It goes to the stack, but the, the actual the so for example, my opponent has a Tarmogoyf on the battlefield. With a misty rainforest and a ponder in the graveyard. That's a right. He wants to know if I lightning bolt it, does it die? Or does the bolt hit the graveyard before the damage resolves? Does the physical card go to the stack or what? I know this is stupid, but I can't believe I'm having rain for it. I'm sure I, I'll have sorted it all out by myself by the time you post or cast with the answer. But it occurred to me, and there's probably other people that would also benefit from hearing you guys talk about this. So, this Goif does it die to X card when there's a certain number of cards in the graveyard that aren't the card that's killing it? That's a pretty classic question about Tarmogoyf. Yep. Um, so, in this example here with Mystery Rainforest and Ponder, Ponder being a sorcery in the graveyard, um, Goif being a 2-3, being targeted by a lightning bolt. The question becomes, well, does it die? Let's we should we should take the journey of the lightning bolt from the hand All to right. the yard. All right, Jose, let's ride the lightning. That's right. Oh, very nice, <laughs> very nice. Well, the first thing you do, you're looking dorks. at your lightning bolt, you're looking at dorks. <laughs> mr next
1: gen just called us dorks we too are not we cower before your nerd powers okay oh this is like a classic multiplayer three-player game which i hate yeah because it's always like two on one it's like oh now you're winning like we have to gang up on you oh (laughs) okay well let's ride the
0: lightning here yeah let's ride the lightning okay so you're you're looking at the lightning bolt in your hand let's say you you have priority you have priority short And you're looking at the goif, and uh, you're like, hmm, two, three, eh? I got a lightning bolt here. It's going to deal three damage. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the first thing you do is put it out there, and you put it on the stack. Well, you announce Thank it. You. you. You announce it. What? You say.
1: Why? So Jose is correct. Like, why you got to. The first step in casting
0: a spell is announcing it. Yeah. And what putting it mean? on the stack. Yeah, but see. But the
1: rules say announcing it and putting it on the stack. But that's one step. Yes. The problem is people memorize, like, especially like judges try to memorize the steps for casting a spell. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually writing an article about this. And they memorize it mnemonic mnemonically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. that a word from the Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, or
0: the have- or the wall that returns John, source. Yeah. yeah. So you have a mnemonic device to right. share with the, the, the I listeners? I don't,
1: because I hate them, Oh, okay. and I, I memorize them without it. Okay. But they memorize it as the first step is A, announce. And then the second step is like step. M, mode. Well, I, I actually remember it as, well, okay, go, go, go through yours. Because later. as you said, it's all one step. So they only have one letter slash word for each actual step. Right. right. So they're like, oh, first step is announce. And then I ask her, "Well, what does that mean? I'm like, you, does s- you, <laughs> you say it. You say it. I'm, well, what if your opponent doesn't know what you're casting. Like, I cast Lightning Bolt. I don't see Lightning Bolt. Prove it, right? So it's very important to emphasize that the whole announcing thing means putting it on the stack. Yeah, it's also important you have to, to know- prove that it's Lightning Bolt.
0: Yeah, it's also important to know that if you're playing, you know, uh, Pro Tours have multinational." Uh, people at them. And while there's a lot of English speakers, there are some that don't. So announcing a spell does not mean you need to say verbally what it is. You can put it out there. You can say, put it out there, it's on the stack, that's your announcement. You're putting it on the stack and that's how you announce
1: it. Particularly key is when you try to cast things from the graveyard. Like this is when this rule actually matters. Is let's say you cast a Yagmas will so you can cast stuff out of your graveyard, and you got, what's his face, Tombstalker. It's like, can you cast him out of your graveyard while also removing himself to pay the delve cost? Right? Like, <laughs> what? Oh, that's a that's a good point. And it's confusing if you don't do it correctly because you're like, well, I could exile it, but no, the first step you put it on the stack and then you pay your costs. Right. So it's it's no so longer not in the, in the graveyard. graveyard. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Well that's that's what you do. You you throw it on the stack, it's the announcement.
1: Okay. Although it'd be funny to play magic the other way, like I cast lightning bolt. And Trust not, me. Not so <laughs> yeah. I bolt your guy. Like okay, my turn. <laughs> it's like an illusionary mask of spells. That is. Uh, like put a face down card in your graveyard. Makes me—it's w- a lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> it makes
0: me wish Mark Rosewater listened to this podcast. You know, yeah. he'd be like, "Oh, phantasmal mask. <laughs> you
1: can cast spells with you know." Oh my god! Cast, upside down. Cast a face down spell, and like it could be anything. <laughs> ah, my brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if it turns out to be a land? Well, that could hey, happen so
1: at a Cavern. They they yeah, you can have a land on the stack that way, I suppose. <laughs> kind is of is there any way to like when it's on the stack to turn it face up? Mm-hmm. Other than like if it's countered or resolved.
0: Uh mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. No. Good. <laughs> if you, it's like,
1: turn target spell <laughs> on the stack face up. Oh! No! <laughs> oh no, there's a land on the stack. <laughs> it's the end of the world.
0: All right, go on. I'm sure. I'm journey. sure. Mark okay. got leave. Well, I kind of took the thunder out of my lightning. Uh, let's,
1: journey let's, let's of the lightning okay. bolt. You've announced it. You've announced it. You I, throw I, it I, on you've the You've shown set. me your lightning bolt. Yes, i have shown you.
0: you the lightning bolt. I say I'm lightning. I'm going to cast lightning bolt, Bzzz. and I'm casting it on your tarmogoy. Ouch! Now, what do you mean you're casting it on your tarmogoy? I am targeting the tarmogoy. Okay, so you've announced it, and lightning bolt isn't a modal spell. Doesn't have. It's not like Vant charm or. Uh, cryptic command where it's got choices you have to make in terms of what does the spell do what modes are you choosing because you need to choose that right i'm choosing the pain mode okay the only mode lightning bolt has doesn't really have any modes
1: just it's not it's not mode to target creature or player so now that's existential is one mode a mode
0: i think my brain has been blown away (laughs) three times in this podcast Okay, so it's not a modal spell. Forget modes. But Forget that's, where, modes. that's when you choose them. is right after you put it on the stack. Right. Before you get to targets. Because if some modes target and some don't, don't, modes, don't yeah. you don't need to. crypt A cryptic command, you know. Two modes target, two Preferably don't. Preferably textless, so your opponent doesn't know what it does. <laughs> I'm going to cast cryptic command. <laughs> yeah, Trust really me. <laughs> I'm going true. to bounce all your creatures and draw three cards. <laughs> what? Uh, Can I twin cast it? Split second, sorry. <laughs> Split second. <laughs> <laughs> that spell sounds awesome. I want to twin cast it. Split second, sorry. Oh, yeah. Unless oh. he's got a little bender. Then it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but wait, neither of those modes targeted so you're fine. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go back on to... Okay, so you you announce your spell, no modes, you choose the target. Right, and you need to choose a different target for each time the spell says target. Or choose a you know choose a target for each time it says target. Right. So for instance, um, it has to be a legal one. So for instance, Comet Storm. You know, say you kick it twice. So it's going to have each time you target, each time you kick it, you need to choose another target. That, it's funny well, you that's mentioned that says another target. Right. Yeah. But if you choose instead uh, Seeds of Strength from Ravnica Block. It well, says target creature gets plus one, plus one. Target creature gets plus one, plus one. Target creature gets plus one, plus one. Right. It says that three times. You can choose the same creature, or you can choose three different creatures. Right. But you need to choose a target for each of the three times. Well, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned Comet Storm, because Comet Storm in particular has a couple of things going on with it. <laughs> now, number one is that you haven't paid any kicker. You said, I'm playing Comet Storm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to announce my targets. I'm right. going to announce these three targets. You haven't paid a single kicker cost yet.
1: No, no, you have to announce kicker before.
0: Yeah, you have to. Yeah, Basically, when you're choosing modes, you're also choosing alternate costs, additional costs. Right, but you day. haven't actually paid it. That's what I'm saying. Right, but you've chosen how many times you're going to do it. Right. So y- y- you. that's also in that, mode, in that modes yes. step, right, and what X is. So you're announcing it and putting it on the stack. That's step one. Step two is choose modes, but it's also all the additional things that go along with modes. That is kicker, additional costs, um, alternative costs like morph, um, things like that. Splice. How how you how splice. <laughs> splice? That's a great one. Oh God, rules so, headache if I remember. yeah. So, so those are all your alternative costs or additional costs. Mm-hmm. So you can do that, um, and also it's um, kind of a weird part of it here uh, is the, the the hybrid costs. Of which oh, yeah. what are you paying for the hybrids? oh, you have to decide how am I paying for the hybrids if there's a hybrid mana symbol in the cost also you do it I mean that's the step where you do that right um, okay that's an kind of an esoteric part of it, but in yeah, that's where you do it so you do all that mm-hmm. and with damage spells don't you need to choose well actually, you need to choose um, when you choose your targets, you need to choose how each target is going to be affected right. as you're choosing the targets. So you decide, you know, am I going to, with Cone of Flame, for instance, you yeah. have 1 damage, 2 damage, and 3 damage for each of your targets. You need to choose which one's doing the 1, which one's getting the 2, which one's getting the 3. But it's not just with damage. Things like incremental blight or incremental growth, what gets 1, 2, or 3, plus 1, or mi- plus one, plus 1, plus 1, or minus 1, minus 1 counters you also need to make those choices there too when you choose the targets. You know, this is the target for the plus three plus three part. This is the target for the plus two plus two part. You need to make those choices in that third step of playing the spell, choosing the targets. And now we see why people shortcut all of this because so far, you know, we're like twenty minutes in, <laughs> we still haven't cast our lightning bolt. We still haven't <laughs> tapped a single land for right. mana. So okay, so we have we there, there, let's go back to lightning bolt. There are no alternative costs. Right. There's no modes. Right. You're just choosing the target. It's the Tarmogoyf. he's going to get bolted. Your spell is already on the stack. Mm-hmm. You decide the, the mana costs or you know, additional costs and all that. It's already uh, decided. There are none, OK? And then finally, mm-hmm. you tap your mountain. Uh, well, uh, kind of, you, you determine the total cost, and yeah, we, we did kind of skip over a step there.
1: <laughs> oh if only you could see the look
0: jose is giving okay so it's just a lightning bolt man okay and the lightning bolt is fine but there's so many other less simple spells that do this that we need to we need to cover there's one you thing. didn't ask about the other spells i know but there's this tiny step and it actually matters for some of this and that is that if the spell no step what <laughs> if the spell requires the player to divide or distribute damage or counters, you do that in a separate step after you choose the targets. That's different from saying target 1 gets 1 plus 1 plus 1 counter, target 2 gets 2, target 3 gets 3. The the choice of distributing it... What? Now was my head hitting
1: the table. <laughs> okay.
0: The choice of distributing it is different. Think of Bounty of the Hunt. Where right, it gives you a set number of counters and you distribute them how you want. Let's not use that one because that one's been eroded like four times. Like, if you look at oh, all the bounty right. of the hunts, they have all these different wordings. Why don't we okay. just stick with Rolling Thunder? Um, divided as you choose among any number of actually, a, a more recent example is Forked Bolt. Okay, great. Forked, Forked, Forked bolt. bolt, um, sorcery costs one red deal or one and a red deals, no, just three, red, just, just okay. one red deals. Two damage to up to two things. Right. Well, actually, that's really simple because each one has to get at least one if you're choosing two. That sounds simple to you, but some people may not know. Okay. If there are two illusionary servants there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and what is it? Illusionary? I
1: thought we were just casting lightning bolt, Jose.
0: I know! Let's go <laughs> What's back to the lightning problem? Bal- This lightning bolt does not fork. Okay, fine. It doesn't fork. But if you distribute it, it's a separate step, but we'll, we'll deal with that differently. Okay, so we've lost our, our listenership. They they don't know no, what we're no, no. talking okay, about. They're totally re- confused. Okay, well no, that
1: one guy is like, thank God there's no banter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're totally
1: <laughs> rules bantering right now. Okay, then let's, pretend
0: okay. lightning bolt is forked bolt. No. What okay, would okay, let's. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll I'll shut up with that. So we've announced it. Put it on the stack. Let's take a four minute. Picked modes and additional costs and kickers and all the the rest of that stuff the targets for it and how each is going to be affected. Okay. There's no damage to be distributed or counters anywhere else. Okay, we're four steps in.
1: And that is time in the round. Active player <laughs> finish the turn.
0: <laughs> so the next step, you, you were you were there before, determining the total cost. I'm totally confused now, man. <laughs> I don't know what step I'm on. Okay, no, okay. It's just Whatever imaginable. step it is, I'm gonna to have to go back to the first one because I need a drink. Okay, let's okay. Fine. You want to do the first one again?
1: No. Okay.
0: That was a 12-step joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's the sound of the that's the sound of the JMO jet flying over your head. (laughs) Carrying this joke. I don't get the 12-step jokes. I'm a teetotaler. I have no idea what you... I've I've never had a drink. I have no idea what a 12... Okay, okay. Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you when you're older. Okay. (laughs) So finally, we pay our, our mana. We tap our mountain, which is Mana Manabili- you know, right. mana abilities, special de- action. We, we determine the total cost of it, and then we pay. Yes. And so we, so we can we'll interrupt. We, we, yeah, sorry, we, we determine the total cost of it, and then if the total cost includes a mana payment, then we activate mana abilities. Okay, that's 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 one step here, and then the next step is punch to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pay our mana now, sir? Yes, that's the next step. We pay our mana mm-hmm. in any order. Pay all the costs in any order. Yes, for all you Omnath fans, right? Omnath. Uh, nom, nom, this, nom, this is this nom. is what makes this is what makes Omnath with Momentous Fall um, the interesting thing. That if you know. The right order to pay the costs and you can get four more cards than if you don't know the right order to pay and the costs four more life in, and four more okay. life yes so sack omnath first right but you pay the mana in any yeah, pay, pay the, the costs ma- in, any cost any in any order and one of the costs for a momentous fall is Second. sack a creature and the creature doesn't die until you're ready to pay right now this is um yeah so that's that's good okay so, once the spell... once You well, know, the point of this conversation was getting <laughs> the lightning bolt to the graveyard. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, we're getting there. It's almost there. Actually, this right. is a state-based actions question. Right. But right now, we've just put the lightning bolt on the stack. We've just cast lightning bolt. We're done casting lightning bolt. <laughs> and your and opponent judge. says, Man, who's that annoying judge sitting next <laughs> to you that keeps <laughs> making you back up and announce modes... Okay. (laughs) I thought you chose the pain mode, man. Okay, fine. Steve is sitting there like, I don't know. Okay. So we've cast a lightning bolt. Lightning Mm -hmm. bolt is on the stack. That's the zone that it's in. It's no longer in your hand. It's been on the stack for a while, (laughs) Sean. (laughs) It's set up a nice home, a 3-2. It's going to have little shocks. (laughs) Okay. So it's there, and it's targeting Tarmogoyf. Right. Okay, so both players, Nobody responds. Right, both players pass, pass priority. Okay, without, and we resolve do, without the Without performing any actions, they pass right. priority. And then, it, then the spell's going to resolve. The spell's going to resolve. It's so, going to deal its three damage. Three damage is marked on that uh, Tarmogoyf. Mm-hmm. Tarmogoyf has taken three damage, and at the end of the resolution, your lightning bolt hits the yard. Right. That is the last part of the resolution. Right. So lightning bolt goes to the graveyard, it's then resolving... And it sits there, and as soon as it's in there, Tarmogoyf says, "What? That's a new, new card type in the graveyard." Ah. And it grows. So that—that—that's the static ability, the characteristic defining ability of Tarmogoyf. Um, there, saying, "Oh, I'm bigger now." Yeah. So, Tarmogoyf took three damage. It was a two-three. Why doesn't <laughs> it die? Ah, because while Tarmogoyf is twitching there in the corner after being shocked, Lightning Bolt hits the yard, and then the game checks state-based actions when a player would receive priority. Okay, so as soon as as the game goes to check, is Tarmogoyf dead? Did it take enough damage to kill it? Tarmogoyf has already seen the Lightning Bolt in the yard, so it's already a Mm 3-4. The game will see it as a 3-4 with three damage marked on it. Uh You cannot kill Tarmogoyf. Well, not like that at least. You could only hope to. I mean, if – now, this is different. If instead, you know, a a card says destroy Tarmogoyf, you know, or it's some sort of, you know, if Lightning Bolt had Death Touch. (laughs) (laughs) With Phantasmal Mask, obviously. When you cast Lightning Lightning Bolt Bolt face down. Okay. (laughs) It, it, sp- it can have death yeah. touch. You can stick okay. Basilisk <laughs> collar on it. God. <laughs> but if Lightning Bolt had death touch, the, the creature would still be destroyed. The, the the things we're talking only about the damage and you know the damage and the state based action, you know, checking tarmogoyf when its power and toughness has already been boosted one. Right. Um we're not talking about it being, you know, it's not regenerating somehow, it's not being prevented from being destroyed, it's not somehow indestructible for a half second there or anything like that. It's just got more power and toughness, or rather, more toughness than the damage that's marked on it. That's the most important thing here. And that was the point of the question: was getting the bolt to the yard. He he led me in with
1: that. Still lives right now. To you guys, get a twenty-five minute time extension on (laughs) the round. Please don't (laughs) use it all.
0: (laughs) Ricky is so awesome. Okay, now, I mean, to be fair here, Steve did ask. You know, does the card go on the stack or what? Okay, so we
1: answered that question for him repeatedly. I, think I answered that the very first thing, like it's on the Ricky stack.
0: Ricky even had an aside going, "Hey, you know, that's a good point that you put it on the stack." Right. The first thing you do. But he wants to know: does it hit the? Does the bolt card hit the graveyard before damage resolves? So we went through all of that for him. You know, granted, we went through it in
1: a bit more detail than he'll ever I don't need. Think he needed to talk about the modes of a non modal uh-huh. spell. <laughs> but what if i wanted
0: to splice something onto it
1: you can't you can only splice on the arcane
0: what if i, I would... okay fine i stand defeated no we stand defeated <laughs> no the listeners stand defeated i hope not i sincerely hope not i'll just cut all that part out <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, you wasted another hour here listening to JudgeCast. Thank we didn't you for even your time. get to the topics I wanted to talk about. Tonight. Oh, well, what do you want like, to talk Jace, about? We, we spoiled it like, oh, we'll talk about Jace. Now there's not enough time. Maybe talk, talk about Jace. Jace. Talk about Jace. Well, Pete Yan in his article this week, yeah, Moss, whimsy mm-hmm. number like 300,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it called? Like, you be the judge or something catchy like that. Mm-hmm. And he went through a hypothetical tournament with some hypothetical situations and said, Tell me what you, the readers, would do in this situation. And what he had was player has Jace the mind sculptor and uses the brainstorm ability, draws three cards, and says go. So he doesn't put two back like he's supposed Shh. to. We don't know that yet. Oh. He says go. And the opponent goes to cast mind rot, like mind Rot you. Well, wait a minute. How come you have so many cards in your hand? Oh, I forgot to put two cards back from Jace's brainstorm ability,
0: and this is relevant because the mind rod would make him discard cards. So now he has that additional information. Yeah. So he's got two cards. You be in his the hand. judge. All right. Well, he's got two cards in his hand that he shouldn't. So it seems to me that one argument can be made here for rewinding to the point of the game rule violation. Of not putting the cards back, you know you can rewind if you can rewind that far. If it's not so complex that you can't. Well, you know, I think I think it's tough to. Yes, you can make the argument. I don't think I, it, would, I don't think it applies either, though. I I, I, I would <laughs> argue to, against it because your opponent, the the guy, already knows there's a mind rock coming at him. Mm-hmm. If he if he's only left with two cards in his hand and he's going to lose both, he's going to pull the brainstorm trick and hide the two cards. He already knows something is coming. I don't mm-hmm. think you can rewind. I think you can just no, I, take I, I, two I randoms, I- put them on top, and. Oh. Oh. You're saying because he has two extra cards in his hand, you just put two back on top? Hmm. No?
1: Well. <laughs> wait, what do you mean no? <laughs> that's, that's, I, that, that,
0: that, that, that's, that's what I would do but uh, you guys give me this strange look well it's not something I'd considered
1: um, yes oh, he you, has two cards in his hand the question is can you consider it by the IPG is that a prescribed fix or a game rule violation <sighs> see now yeah. I, need to look,
0: I need to look back but I do believe so uh, so is,
1: Sean's gonna look more stuff up. Should we talk about baseball No, or? this is I feel like an idiot
0: looking this up because I feel like I should know it. That's the thing. I, so I, here's I, one hold thing. on, hold on, hold on. I want to make a point about that. Yeah I don't want any single judge out there because this happens to me a lot and it happens to everybody. I don't want a single judge out there to feel bad for having to look stuff up. If you don't know it off the top of your head, you have the resources, look them up there. If you don't know if you're on the floor and somebody gives you this call and you don't know it off the top of your head, say hold on and, and go and consult. You have other people there, uh, if the, you're the only one, if you're the head judge you can stop and go look it up online or something or hopefully have you, know, you can have a copy of it there with you. Don't be scared to look stuff up because I think it's a more boneheaded thing to make a, a, a bad call because you don't know so you're guessing versus just taking a, a five second stop looking it up like Sean's doing. And then coming back with the right answer.
1: Yeah, and I am that bonehead. I mean, um. <laughs> you,
0: but if you make if you make the call, make it with absolute certainty, so that when everybody looks at you for blowing the perfect game. Yeah, no, that's that's correct though. Um, I, I completely agree with what you just said there, Jose. Um, and the the thing that you know when you said I'd put two cards back on top at random, that did make me think of a couple. Of of something here, and that is that I remembered part of the IPG said something about putting excess cards back and I needed to remember the context, and there are three different places it talks about excess cards Mm. Um, one of those is in the fix for the game rule violation Um, that is that if a player has ended up with more cards in hand than they're supposed to have you return the excess cards at random to the top of the library as part of fixing the GRV. So, when you're saying, you know, one argument can be made to back up to the point of Jace's ability resolving improperly. Resolving it properly and then going forward from there. You know, that's that's one way to do it, or just to say, put those two cards on top at random. Now, it, it, the thing is, if you're going to back up to the point of the GRV and resolve it properly, you need to resolve the Brainstorm ability where he puts two cards back. You're not going right. to choose them at random. Right. Um, and we can't skip part of the backup and just say, okay, well, you know, let's, you know, you haven't drawn your card for the turn. We'll just, you know, don't bother putting a card back on, on top for his opponent. Okay, let's go back to the turn change and we'll go back to... We don't, right. There's a lot to rewind there.
1: Right. So one of the problems with the put two random cards back on top of the library fix is that you you have to leave the mind rod alone, like that. Yeah, because you're not rewinding when you're using that fix. Right. Yeah. In the yeah. Which is a really awkward situation. Right. If, if say like the player started off with um, one card in hand when he brainstormed, so he's got four yeah yeah,
0: and then didn't put him back but that's why that's why it's important to not back up because if you back up you, you player a knows that player B has mind rot and he's gonna get rotted especially in a situation where he has one card in hand probably cast it
1: when he had two no so, okay so if he has zero cards brainstormed, and then and you know forgets and ends up with three targets you with mind rot oh I got two extra cards if you do the random fix, and put two back on top, and he only has one card in his hand, Mm -hmm. well, his opponent's going to be like, well, I wouldn't have mind-rotted him if I had known he would only have one card in his hand.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And then you can just tell him, well, yeah. yeah, You get a warning for not maintaining the game state. Right, but I I, I really think that you just don't rewind in this case. There's just Mm -hmm. no... I I, There's, There's knowledge. There's actual knowledge that can affect play that mm-hmm. has been given away from from the violation. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot that's changed hands here. So um, what, what would you do? I think it, it's unfortunate. I I, I would no? put two random cards on top and and play on. I think I because back because up. from this if, from this particular
1: only this if it's literally like just brainstorm go draw a card mind rot. I think I would back that up. Hmm. No, because I, it.
0: I guess, it, you can go both ways, but I think that it's... Oh, we got a new Pro-Yo place to check out. Apparently okay. just opened up. So you think you can go both ways on this here? You could either back up or not? It's possible to go both ways. I personally would put the two randoms on top. Because what it sounded like is that the one player was concentrated on his opponent's hand. Mm-hmm. He goes to Mind Rot, so the, the opponent, uh, he goes to uh, Brainstorm, sorry, with Jace. So the opponent is concentrating on his own cards. He w- he sounds like he would have already played the Mind Rot. At least that's my interpretation. So that kind of takes the, the wind out of that. I, I don't know if I can really bring intention into that, though. I mean, I mean, we don't specify, but I mean, say the Mind Rot was the top decked card. You know, empty hands on both sides when they're doing this. Right. Um, the Mind Rot, the top deck card, you know, you can make the argument he would have played it otherwise, uh, he would have played it no matter what it was, or right. he just, you know, he saw three cards and he said, oh, Mind Rot, you know. There's, a, there's it, it, always going to, but that intention, I think that's all, I think that's more beside the point than how we really resolve it.
1: Yeah, because the, the Jace player can make similar arguments that if he brainstorms and is not able to cast any of those spells, he's going to hide the card he wants to play next turn on top of his library. Right, anyway, so you can—that's the quote-unquote correct play.
0: Right, yeah. so you can make. You're right that you cannot bring intention into this, and you can argue both ways on both players' sides.
1: But so, at the end of the day, the
0: the player with the, who missed the the putting the two cards back, he has more cards in his hand than he should. So you take two random ones and put it on top. So whatever that guy's left with, one or more cards, presumably and then those get mind-rotted and he mind-rots accordingly. Okay. And he you can't you can't really back up because there's knowledge of mm-hmm. what's going on that can be played around. Right. And the IPG backs the IPG does uh, support that that conclusion uh, because the you know it's not it's backing up isn't necessarily always an all or nothing thing. That when you do back up you back up every action. But the things that even if a situation can't be backed up, there are some things you always do when you're fixing a GRV. Right, the, the triggered abilities, right? Uh, well, no, triggered abilities, missed triggers—that's that's different. Um, but a, for instance, um, if you have a, um, oh, stigma lasher. There you go. So if you have stigma lasher, and oh my you have you know, you have stigma lasher, and you're playing in a two-headed giant game, and you attack. And you don't remember to assign the damage to a head, right? So that that player can't gain life anymore, and you know you, you then discover that that choice was never made. You have to make that choice when you figure out right. the fix for the GRV. You can't say, "Oh well, the choice is still undefined." Right. You know, you, you have to make that choice, um, and you can make that choice. I mean, with that information in, in hand, um, right? And but, you would but, probably realize as soon as somebody goes to gain some life from a lifelink guy. Right. You go, oh no, you can't gain life anymore. I hit you with stigma lasher. Right. Now if you think you know, if you think that that if you think that there's some shadiness going on there where this person's saying, Well, I know I, I know I needed to make a choice, but I didn't. So I'm gonna wait till one of them I, gains life and then choose that person. Right. Like that's outright fraud. Yeah, that is fraud. But, but usually I don't think that's the case. I think somebody's gonna hit with stigma lasher. Some players may think that either one you know both of them can't gain life or some may forget the fact that when when damage is being dealt you choose which head you're dealing with they may just forget so i i I wouldn't assume anything shady from that i think that as soon as somebody goes to gain life they'll go but wait you can't gain life and then they'll go but wait
1: there's more yeah
0: uh, right. What do you mean? You didn't you didn't say that I don't right. gain life. And at that discussion, that's when the hand goes up and you hear judge. Right. And that yeah. So okay. So making a choice that hasn't been made where a choice needs to be made. Right. That's one one thing that you can't just say oh well we can't re- rewind this G R V so we can't make that choice. But that doesn't happen at all. Right. You make that choice regardless. Um, another thing is if you need to discard cards or if cards should be back in your hand that you are know, from some other zone where they they should have they should have been back to your hand well they need to go there right um like it, if the guy put three cards back with jace instead of two well that's actually taking cards away from your hand we're talking about cards that should be in your hand but you just said cards that right that should be in your hand if right. you draw three with brainstorm and then put three. three oh back, if you put three back okay i see what you're saying yes that's that's true yes um so and here then here's something if we're done are we done. Well, there's one other exception and that's the one that we're talking about I with Jace. That <laughs> this is the, the the cases where you don't re, where even if you don't rewind, you still do that and that's putting excess cards back on top in a random order. Right. So that's that's uh, you guys
1: you guys are still missing the fun part of the discussion.
0: What's that? Stigma Lasher is a great bit of fun. Oh, no, I don't
1: care about Stigma Lasher That
0: you should that. have lightning bolted Jason response. <laughs> That's what you should have but done. But then you have to spend
1: 25 minutes putting lightning bolt on the stack. If oh. you're sitting
0: next to the guy, <laughs> yeah. A
1: great, a great many players, being led by Brian Kowal, said, Why isn't this a game loss for drawing extra cards? <sighs> okay. Drawing extra cards. And you guys have your very intricate judge discussion. The players are like, you drew two extra cards. Huge potential
0: for advantage. We recognize that. The thing is, drawing extra cards is very specifically defined. It says, rules tell you to draw X cards, you draw X plus one or X plus two. You draw more than the cards that you're told to draw when you're told to draw cards. That's, that's the definition of drawing extra cards. You draw cards and you draw extra. That's as simple as it gets. In this case, he's keeping cards in his hand beyond what he should. But he's not drawing extra. If he'd drawn four, that's drawing extra cards. But in this case, he's just violating a game rule that told him to put cards back. Yeah, that's I, I even though like you can you can try to argue around like well, if he has those three cards in hand, then he it, what's the difference between that and drawing you know, uh, uh, two extra cards. It's like drawing extra it's cards, like but it. it isn't. Right. It isn't actually drawing extra cards. Yeah. It's like it, but it's not actually drawing. That's extra a
1: very cards. semantic argument. And if, it, you, it, it if is. you send a player home with that with that explanation, they're gonna be pissed. Like these are the people that complain about that judge at the one tournament screwing.
0: Yeah, they Mm. accept that the rules completely back you up, and whoever they complain to, uh, they'll be like, "Well, that's fine, but but maybe there's maybe
1: there's another way here." What you what you need to be able to explain is why is there that distinction between drawing extra cards and a game rule violation that results in extra cards in the hand, and that is that both players are responsible for maintaining a proper game state. And the reason that drawing extra cards carries a game loss at competitive is because that's hard for the opponent to pick up. Like if I, you know, divination and just kind of scoop the top of my library, I could very easily take three cards instead of two. And we might not notice until I get mind rotted and, hey, how come you have so many cards and count, we count permanents and stuff? Oh, you got an extra card and, you know, the root, the root is there.
0: But if you're in a brainstorm situation,
1: right. the opponent is responsible for making sure the guy brainstorms correctly. So he, he has an opportunity to say, hey buddy, you haven't put the two cards back from brainstorm yet. And that's something he should be able to catch, rather than a guy just scooping cards off the top of his library and you can't really get the count on it. Which is why the GRV is a warning. What's well, a better
0: explanation than this is the definition right, and that's the, that's why and it's that's why it's a philo- it's, you have to be able to know the philosophy to give that sort of ruling
1: it's It's good to be able to have the documents at your back, but sometimes you've got to have the documents back mm-hmm.
0: right well and and you know the philosophy part of the i p g is you know, I think a lot of us, including
1: myself, gloss over that when we read out, when we read the RPG. I, mean, I, I had a lot of difficulty with when they changed drawing extra cards and split it into these two types of infraction. So I was like, "Well, what's the difference?" And I had to think about it and talk to a lot of people and say, "Okay, that makes sense." That the root cause of these extra cards being drawn is something else that the opponent can catch much easier than someone just you know drawing five instead of four.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, yeah, the, the philosophy section is not just there to, you know, for justification purposes, it's there because it's really the heart of the actual infractions that we're, we're penalizing here. You know, so often we focus on the penalty. You know, it's a classic judge mistake, especially early on, to just jump to the penalty of, well, that should just get a game loss because it seems so severe, or that should just get a warning because it doesn't seem that severe. Um, that's a classic mistake that judges make. i make it, you know, still. Hopefully less often, but you know, I still make that.
1: I don't make that mistake. I mean, I don't make any mistakes. Wink. Right. <laughs> so oh, why is Jose looking at me funny?
0: <laughs> but that's the, so. So read the philosophy sections of the of the IPG just as you would the penalty and and infraction and, and actual you know fixes. It's good to know the fixes for practical purposes. It's you have to, but. The philosophy that backs it up—I mean, that's that's why you're there in the first place. That and that leads you to better judgment. In those, mm-hmm. and you, there's a lot of gray areas.
1: Right, because so, you'll get to a corner case where you're like, "Is this drawing extra cards, or is there some other root cause that's a GRV?" Right. So the MIP- I can't think of any off the top of my head. Sylvan Library is probably at the heart of it, or Eye of the Storm, something like that. Shut up, Eye of the Storm. So we,
0: well, we, on that deep philosophical note At the two hour mark in recording time Which will probably, I'll just cut all those parts out And it'll be down to an hour by the time we're an done An hour and <laughs> minutes <laughs> An hour and fifty-five minutes <laughs> you know, uh, i, I got to get more
1: strict about cutting out all the banter
0: um, With that, John Or we could
1: have less banter If you could control us geez, No, we Sean, can, we can record forever fault. It'll just take me more time to edit it all out <laughs>
0: That sounds like divide. the uh, "I blame my parents" argument, man. You just no. divide
1: it into two episodes, maybe.
0: No, that's I why actually, I said that actually, we can actually just talk about. I'm it. gonna divide it into two episodes this way. One will be banter cast, and <laughs> one will be judge
1: cast. <laughs> okay, that would be awesome. I know people who would only listen to the banter. <laughs>
0: See, so you gotta you gotta keep them both,
1: especially them both. if we do like a quiz game. Like, name that Next Generation episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that? Don't you want to be the uh, contestant and beat everyone into a pulp? I would be the contestant. Yeah, uh, Uh you can be the Alex Trebek. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to shave my beard. That's fine. All right, gentlemen. Two hours in. Let's call it a night. Let's call it a night. From all of us here at JudgeCast, this is Sean Catanese.
1: I keep editing these shows
0: <laughs> what
1: it's <laughs> not the sign off no do the sign off okay okay this is Sean Katanese I keep it fair and Ricky Hayashi I keep it fun and Jose Boveda I keep bothering Sean <laughs>
0: <laughs> Frozen Joker Frozen Joker